here we go. Welcome to the Nine Rap Fantasy Football Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into the Nine Round Fantasy Football Podcast. Pat and Scott, it's finally upon us. It's our week 18, our final start-sit episode slash competition. I'm hanging on by a thread. I I don't think I can quite catch you, but you never know uh, how how things go. I'm, I'm, I'm not trailing too far. But we'll see. We'll see after this week, uh, you know, week 18, what goes on. And, and I know we'll have some interesting names to speak about. First of all, folks, here at the Nine Route, we want to thank everybody for giving us a listen on YouTube, on Apple Podcast, on iHeartRadio, on Podbean, multiple platforms that you can listen to us on. You can always check out our website for any links, www.thenineroutffb.com. Uh, shoot us an email with some questions, comments, concerns regarding fantasy football or, you know, anything. We're, we're, we're always down. Uh, our email address is the9routeffb at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at the9route1. Uh, I am at Scott from Delco. Uh, feel free to, again, just hit us up. Let us know you're out there. Let us know you're listening. We'd love to know that you are supporting us uh, and following. And, and, again, hopefully, like we did last year, we will help you go deep here at the nine route all the way to a fantasy football championship, which is why you play the game. Basically, bragging rights, a belt, maybe some monetary contributions as well. Pat, how did we do this week? You are up this week so far, four to three. Uh, again, with those three pending still to be scored, uh, which brings our head-to-head matchup number to eighty-three to seventy-nine. So you are not by any means out of it if you. If you hit even two of these three, you're only two behind heading into week 18. So if you hit all three, then you're then you're one behind. So uh, you know it's 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 going to be close. We're definitely coming down to it, and uh, it's going to be interesting and fun to finish this out here and and see who who takes it in our head to head. Our our actual start sit numbers are very close as well. Um, as far as I was looking at are like total right and wrong and, and all that stuff for the season. And uh, we're, we're right there with each other as far as overall numbers, the start sit numbers, things like that. So you're ahead in the starts. You've got more starts right than I have. Uh, I've got you in the sits. And so right now we are roughly, I've got about 51% of my starts and sits. Correct. You were at like 47%. So we're, we're right there with each other. You know, again, that that could easily flip flop with one good or one bad week. So uh, a lot riding on these these next couple these next couple games here. So ah, good to know. Even a broken clock's right twice a day. So you know, <laughs> we we have potential. Well, I guess then, am I still up? Do I have the right of first refusal? Or? Yeah, you you have the option to go first if if you would like. It's oh. it's completely up to you. You've you've mm-hmm. been you know, deferring and, and that's been working for you, but yeah, I will, uh, I will, I will kick. I will take the ball in the second half, sir. So you are up. <laughs> All right, let's get this thing started then. Start this. My start of the week at the quarterback position is going to be Aaron Rodgers. You could say, oh, that's, that's a layoff. That's an easy one, but Rodgers has not been great this year 
Uh, as a matter of fact, the Packers haven't been great this year. Back in week 10, they had a, and I, and I think that was a week that Rodgers was injured. And, you know, he said, oh, if we're not mathematically eliminated, I'm, I want to still play. But they had a 1% chance to make the playoffs in week 10. That percentage has now jumped to 64% and Green Bay controls their own destiny. If they win against the Lions in Green Bay, they're in the playoffs, regardless of what else happens. I have seen Aaron Rodgers come up big in these spots too many times to not think that he's going to do it again. Plus the fact that Detroit has been a top 10 fantasy defense versus running backs, but is second worst versus the quarterback tells me that the Packers are probably going to need to throw the ball a little bit more in this one than they have in recent weeks. If you've you know been watching you know the NFL, which if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have. You've noticed that the Packers have been running the ball uh, quite a bit more. Aside from that game against Carolina where the Panthers ran all over the Lions, the Lions have been fairly stout against running backs uh, and against the run and have really leaked uh, against the pass. So I think that the fact that that's where Detroit's defense is weak, the fact that Detroit can score in bunches, and that will probably put even more emphasis on Green Bay needing to score and keep scoring, knowing that you know even if they get a lead, it's not safe versus this Lions offense. I think this is going to be one of the higher scoring games on the week, weather permitting. You know, obviously Green Bay this time of year, anything can happen. But uh, you know, as long as the weather stays cold, but not you know no precipitation, I actually like both quarterbacks in this game. But I'm going to take the reigning two-time MVP over Jared Goff in this one. Uh, I know one guy who I like this week. I think he's really he smells the blood in the water. I'm happy to see him and his team doing well. That would be Trevor Lawrence of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He is my start of the week. They are going up against the Tennessee Titans. This is kind of like for all the marbles. I mean, there are some, you know, some scenarios where where things could could kind of change. But uh, the primetime matchup on Saturday, Tennessee goes to Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars have had a very good season, rebounding from the abomination that was the Urban Meyer project from last year. Good to see that nothing got ruined. Uh, he's had good players around him. They went out and spent some money. They picked up Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram. Uh, they picked up Zay Jones. And these are guys, fantasy-wise, that have been relevant uh, at different points, sometimes more than expected throughout the season. Travis Etienne, his college teammate as well, is there. But really take a look at what Lawrence has done. Over the last four weeks, he is, you know, albeit we still have a game to play as we record, but could probably do no worse than the fifth best fantasy quarterback. Put up over 1,000 yards, eight touchdowns, only one interception, over 100 yards rushing, two touchdowns. Uh, does fumble a little bit, but, you know, that's going to happen. It happens to Josh Allen, happens to the best of them. And then overall on the season, Again, now this won't play based off of that, but you know you're looking at quarterback seven, maybe eight. You know, depending on a couple points one way or the other in our league of record, that's pretty good. You know, I kind of think that last year was a little bit of a throwaway year for him, unfortunately. But to see him step up the way he has this year, lead that team that again, they, if they win, they're going to win their division and they will be an AFC playoff team and Trevor Lawrence to me is going to be one of the best young quarterbacks coming up and I love him this week in week 18 I think he gets it done crazy how much a coaching change can change the whole franchise if you see it in Jacksonville you see it in with the Giants 
it's uh it's really amazing how good leadership can can absolutely change the direction of a franchise and and i i love Trevor lawrence this week as well i think it's a good pick at running back this week i'm going to go with cam Akers versus the seattle seahawks since being left for dead earlier this season Akers has done everything he can to prove that his Achilles injury has not ended his career, and he's kind of played with a chip on his shoulder the last few weeks. He's been the RB3 over the last four weeks. That's not including Week 17. He scored 78 PPR points during that stretch and added another 16.3 in Week 17. So he's up to, was that, 94.5 points in five weeks, which... Uh, you know, I'll take that for my running back in, in my fantasy playoffs for sure. Uh, I actually, strangely enough, I dropped acres in our league of record back when, you know, he wasn't getting any carries and, uh, you know, it just looked like the team was, was trying to go away. They actually at the trade deadline, were looking to trade him. I held him up to the trade deadline when he didn't get traded. I dropped him because I was like, well, if they don't want him and nobody else wants him. Then I don't want him. And so I, I let him go to the waiver wire. And one of the teams that made our playoffs actually picked him up and has been playing him through the playoffs, and he's been doing really well. So this week he gets a Seattle defense that has been very good versus the wide receiver position, but has been third worst versus the running backs. It seems like the Rams' new model of success with Baker Mayfield at quarterback has been to run and then basically use play action off of that run game. Uh, I, I see Akers getting a ton of carries in this one and having another big week versus Seattle in Week 18. We'll see. I hope you're wrong. <laughs> I'm looking to start uh, one specific running back this week. Uh, I think he's going to get you know, uh, the lion's share of the action, so to speak. Throughout the season, he has been a top 10 running back. Struggled a little bit as of late, um, you know, and, and there have been some some things here and there that, that have contributed to that. But overall, Ramondre Stevenson of the New England Patriots going up against the Buffalo Bills, who, you know, right off the bat, you might say, hey, whoa, wait. Uh, again, Bills might have a little less to play for than some other teams. At the same time, New England Patriots need to make sure that they hold on to uh, that final playoff spot that they are in right now. Uh, New England, as bad as they've been, you know, much maligned with quarterback issues and, and coaching issues and everything else, uh, they are the current seventh seed in the AFC. They want to hold on to that. And a player of this magnitude and a coach that knows how to do things like try to keep the ball away and, and stuff. It hasn't worked a lot recently against Buffalo. Last year, there was the big wind bowl that kind of, you know, looked like, oh, well, New England has their number. And ever since, they've been getting a little bit embarrassed by that Buffalo Bills team, which a lot of teams do, uh, get in line. But I think this is going to be a week where they just look to make sure that this guy just runs the football. They control the clock. They they do everything they can to, to make sure that, Again, to make sure that they get in, they have to win. And as long as they do win, uh, they're in. Uh, so, you know, I think that you're going to go with what got you there. It hasn't been the passing game. It's been the running game. Uh, you know, you've had a couple people. Damian Harris has been banged up, but he was a contributor. Rookie Pierre Strong, Kevin Harris, they've been you know, thrown into the mix. But it's Ramondre Stevenson in that backfield. And I think he is going to lead the New England Patriots to a wild card playoff berth. And who knows where after that. Can they lose this game and still make the playoffs? They can, right? They can. As long uh, as Miami and Pittsburgh lose as well. So, uh, Pittsburgh or Patriots win at Bills or Dolphins lost 
versus Jets and Steelers lost and Jaguars win. So they oh, do, right, right, they Jaguars control their destiny, but then they need a lot of dominoes to fall if they don't the right win. Way. Right, mm-hmm. right. Okay. Yep. I just wanted to know if because I, I I listen, this is just my opinion, and I'm not saying that Stevenson's gonna have a bad game. I just think for all the years that New England just trounced Buffalo when Tom Brady was there and you know New England was winning all their championships. I, I, I really feel like if Buffalo is still playing for the number one seed, I think they're going to want to absolutely destroy New England uh, and and send them packing personally. Um, that's just my my view on it. I, I feel like there's some bad blood between those two teams in that rivalry. But uh, I do. I had Ramondre Stevenson. He let me down in one of my leagues. So uh, you know, hopefully, if if he's uh, on your team and in your lineup week 18, hopefully he doesn't let you down because I, I can. I definitely can have felt that burn. And <laughs> might want to check, <laughs> check your doctor. I don't know what kind of burn we're talking about there, buddy. Uh, yeah, I got hopefully, a. Hopefully, Melissa's it's not. It's a rash, Mondre Stevenson. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. <laughs> at the uh, at the wide receiver position, uh, I'm going to go with Christian Watson, keeping with the Aaron Rodgers, Detroit Lions, Green Bay Packers game theme. It's pretty simple for this one. As I laid out with the Aaron Rodgers start, I think this is going to be a high scoring game, and. Watson has been the one doing most of the scoring, at least through the air, for the Packers. Uh, Detroit is, like I said earlier, the very good matchup versus quarterbacks and wide receivers. Been pretty tough against running backs. So as much as Green Bay has been having success running the ball, I do think they are going to need to throw. And Watson has just shown. I, I think Christian Watson, and we mentioned, I mentioned this preseason, I was on Christian Watson early. I know that, you know, he had the that first pass of the year. He dropped for an easy touchdown. Then he's been injured off and on this year. I think as long as he can sort of, you know, keep that injury bug away, I think Christian Watson is going to be an absolute player in this league. I think he's going to be a great wide receiver. I think he's going to be seen as one of the best wide receivers that came out of this draft. And and there's a lot of good ones. If, you, if you're looking at, you know, Drake London, Garrett Wilson, you know, Jameson Williams, who we haven't even seen yet. So uh, I really like Christian Watson. Uh, as a player, and I really like him this week versus Detroit in a game that, again, Packers win and they're in. So I think I think you're going to see some points from Green Bay. Ah, you're putting all your eggs in one basket there, pal. I like that. <laughs> way to go, way to go. I, I got a piece of your action down the road there. So, <laughs> uh, um, uh, yeah, I, I do. I think Watson, you know, uh, kind of proved me a little bit wrong. I, I wasn't sure what was going to happen with all the injuries and everything going on, but he has definitely been. Once they connect it and, and you've seen that play happen nonstop, so to speak, it finally, yeah, it, it put Green Bay back on the map. Aaron Rodgers looked like a competent quarterback. And and I, I think that that is massive when it comes to, uh, you know, a team that lives off of that passing game that, that still has a couple good running backs in, in Aaron Jones and uh, A.J. Dillon. So it will be it will be interesting to see. I am going to look at a member of the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, may not be the most pop-out one, uh, so to speak, but Devontae Smith, who had a nice rookie campaign uh, last year, and and some people thought maybe wasn't going to live up to the hype of, you know, he's too small for the NFL. And he has quietly been one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. He is the Slim Reaper for a reason. Uh, A.J. Brown gets all the hype. You know, and again, deservedly so. And I, I feel like these two definitely play off of each other. Uh, Jalen Hurts, obviously, being the quarterback and looking downfield. Uh, A.J. Brown in our league of record currently is the wide receiver 
five going into, again, there's a Monday night matchup that, that still has to play. 84 catches, 1,401 yards, 11 touchdowns, closing in on 300 points. Not so far down the trough is Devontae Smith, who is wide receiver nine on the season. 88 catches, 1,129 yards, seven touchdowns. Over the last four weeks, he has been wide receiver four. Over the last two weeks, wide receiver three. Uh, and if anybody watches the games, you see that, you know, A.J. Brown makes some big plays, gets those chunk yardage, and he's a good receiver of the football. But Devontae Smith is a different breed altogether. And I feel like when it's all said and done, he's the better of the two wide receivers. I know some people might want to debate that. He's got a great matchup this week against the Negro Giants, where the Eagles have a lot to play for. Giants have been decent against the, uh, you know, against the wide receiver position, but have been leaking oil over the last four weeks. Uh, they're actually the fourth worst against the pass over the last four weeks, and they are a bottom six, I guess, if you want to call it that, over the last two weeks. So, you know, Giants may or may not be playing for something that's great. I think Devontae Smith is going to have. Uh, a pretty big game as he's been having throughout the season. And I like Devonta Smith as my wide receiver start of the week. Yeah. I think uh, when the Eagles made that trade for AJ Brown, I felt like Devonte Smith was the biggest winner because mm -hmm. he, he did have a good rookie season, but now he didn't have to be the focal point. And I, I think I don't want to say better receiver or worse receiver or whatever, but I do think that having, a bigger bodied alpha type receiver like AJ Brown on the team has really allowed Devonte Smith to become what he is, which is a guy who can basically catch anything that you throw anywhere near him. Um, and, and he's proven that he is a great route runner and a great possession receiver for the Eagles this year. So uh, yeah, I think you're, uh, you're taking a top 10 wide receiver on the season there as your start of the week is uh yeah, you're really you're really fishing for that one. I, I appreciate that. Oh well. Oh, I'm sorry. I, we won't go there. We won't go there. Just listen. Hey, to listen. Last... Hey, I get it. I got it for you know for my pick last week. So yeah, I just got. I got to give it back a little bit. Uh, I was willing to sit Justin Jefferson a couple weeks back. Uh, probably you should have You should have been. He should have been was, your sit this week. I was close. I was so close. <laughs> but again, you're just talking about tandem wide receivers, and yeah, there aren't many individual like Justin Jefferson. You know, everybody considers the best in football and all that. Uh, Adam Thielen isn't chopped liver as as a number two, and then they bring in T.J. Hawkinson, who's a competent tight end. You have a pass catching running back. Like these guys are all parts of really clicking offenses. There aren't many standalones that are in fantasy this year. Like an Amari Cooper is, is an outlier who, you know, you could say that there's other players on that team. Sure. But he's a guy that kind of stands out to me as one of those few and far between. I mean, for DK Metcalf, you still have Tyler Lockett. Both of them have excelled this season. You got, you know, the triplet concept with Cincinnati. So yeah, there aren't many individual guys. And I know what you say about that, where, you know, they're gaining uh, on that level. Like, you know, for uh, the New York Giants, they've had so many injury issues and questions at the wide receiver position. And I mean, they don't really have anybody except, I mean, looking right now at our league of record, the Giants have the 49th and 50th receivers are their first two on the board. So, you know, for them to be able to do what they're doing does say a lot to make the, the playoffs with two two wide receivers that combine equal the numbers of an AJ Brown or, or something like that. So, <laughs> right. yeah, it's kind of, kind of a scary thought if some of these teams do, uh, you know, find a way to, to add to the, to the collection. All right, let's move on to the tight end position. It's kind of funny uh, talking about piggyback and I'm going to piggyback off your quarterback here 
and I'm going to go with Evan Ingram versus the Tennessee Titans as my start of the week at tight end. Believe it or not, the Jaguars come into this game against not only the defending AFC South champs, but the defending number one seed in the AFC with a better record and are seven-point favorites as of right now in Vegas. While I do think that line's going to come down a little bit, I also think that the Jags have the potential to blow the Titans completely out of the water in this game. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but that is an outcome that I don't think the Titans can blow Jacksonville out. I think the Titans are either going to win a close game or Jacksonville is going to win a close game or Jacksonville is going to blow them out. But I don't really see it going the other way. I don't think Tennessee has the capability to, you know, to beat Jacksonville like 30 to three. Whereas I think that the Jaguars do have that ability in this game. And I think this game could be remembered as the game where Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence took over this division and started a stretch of, you know, a a few years of division championships in a row. I think Ingram has been a huge reason why the Jaguars are where they are right now. He's sixth in targets, fourth in receptions and fifth in fantasy points at the tight end position this year. And before the season, you know, he had other teams that were interested. He took a one year sort of prove it deal in Jacksonville. Once they hired Doug Peterson as head coach, because he knew how much Doug Peterson used his tight ends in his passing scheme. And he bet on his own ability given, you know, hopefully given some opportunities there in, in Doug Peterson's offense. And he was right. He completely turned his career around and he's now looking to make the playoffs for the first time as a professional. Maybe who knows, maybe he always has been as good as he showed in his rookie season and Joe judge and the giants coaching staff was the problem. I don't know. I mean, just saying it's possible. Uh, yeah, I, I do agree there, Joe Judge. You know, once you once you name that Matt Patricia, I think you see. You know, they're, <laughs> you, you ruined Hunter Henry in New England in his season. So you know, I mean, <laughs> you see that they do are a tight end killer, and and it's a shame. Speaking of, uh, you know, piggybacking off of the uh, the the quarterback concept, uh, Duche, or should I say, Summer's Eve? Uh, I am going to go with Robert Tanya, and that's right, Big Shot Bob against the Detroit Lions, who are pretty bad against the tight end position. You know, their defense, they might eat kneecaps for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but they sure do give up points. They've been a little bit better over, you know, the course of the season. They, they've tightened some things up, but they're still near the bottom. And I think if you're going to make anything, you know, anything start to click with that offense, a guy like this is somebody that if Christian Watson's having some issues and, you know, obviously you have Romeo Dobbs and you have a couple different pieces on that offense that are still tangible. That Tanya himself is just one of those guys that I think Aaron Rodgers always looks at. You know, he's a he's a go-to guy. Uh, we know he just had a, a, a heavy touchdown-laden season and everybody talked about regression and, and everything else. Um, just came off a, a very nice game against the Minnesota Vikings, but then again, the entire offense had a very nice game against the Minnesota Vikings. And the, defense, uh, time, and the special teams. Oh my god, yeah, <laughs> dude, that hole was huge, man. And I, you know, I don't even. I feel bad saying that in multiple reasons, but yes, uh, Tanya three catches on four targets, fifty-two yards, and a touchdown. So uh, you know, you see that is there that potential for those two to click, and you know, if they get in the playoffs, you never know what happens. You know, Tanya's had a couple stinkers throughout the season, had been doing awesome as of late. But again, you've seen Christian Watson's ascension and. Uh, a little bit more love just getting the ball around. So Tanya, to me, 
great matchup against Detroit. He's a guy that, you know, could end up winning the game for him. And again, I like him. I like him a lot. I think he's going to be a top 10 tight end this week against that Detroit Lions defense. I like him a lot. I like him a lot. All right, let's move on to the defenses. My start this week is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles versus the New York Giants. We mentioned in our last episode that the Giants really have nothing to play for other than maybe the revenge narrative from a few years ago when the Eagles pulled their starters in a meaningless Week 17 game versus Washington. And that knocked the, you know, that's when the Giants, I think, were six and 10 and had a chance to win the division still. And then Washington ended up winning it at seven and nine. But I mean, realistically, none of those coaches are the same and the giants really wouldn't gain anything. It's not like they're knocking the Eagles out of the playoffs. Really. The only thing they would be doing would be helping the Cowboys win the division who I'm pretty sure they hate the Cowboys more than they hate the Eagles. So, you know, I, to me, it just doesn't seem, I'm sure the giants are going to play the game and, and, you know, they're not going to roll over, but you know, without them being able to improve their, their seating, there's no incentive for them to go out and, you know, absolutely give it, 100% 100% and, and and try to win this game. I mean, if the Eagles give it away, that's one thing, but I, I just don't see the Giants, you know, being all that motivated to uh, to beat the Eagles in this one. The Eagles, however, have everything to play for. Not only do they need to get back on track after losing two games in a row, but obviously this win would secure the NFC cha- uh, East Championship and the number one seed in the NFC and the only bye week going into the, the playoffs in the NFC. And with Jalen Hurts looking to return from his shoulder injury and the Eagles defense looking to rebound from a couple of tough losses, I can see Philadelphia just kind of manhandling the Giants like they did uh, in their earlier game this year. And, uh, you know, I really like their defense to both sides of the of the ball in Philadelphia. I think they, they know what they're playing for. And uh, I think both sides are going to show up. And I, I kind of have a bad feeling that – or a good feeling, I guess. If you're an Eagles fan, I have a good feeling that this is uh, this is going to be a very lopsided game versus the Giants in this one. Uh, I really hope you're right on this. <laughs> this is uh, the only one, right? I, I back you a thousand percent, so I will take the L on this one. That's fine. <laughs> Speaking of taking L's, a team that was doing it early in the season and has found a a way to win with a rookie quarterback and their defense finally got healthy. Oh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They haven't been world beaters throughout the season. They've had their ups and downs. Obviously, we see how much of an effect TJ Watt has on that team as a whole. Uh, once he came back, it seemed like they kind of really right at the ship. And, you know, on fantasy purposes, we're putting up some reasonable points. They had, uh, you know, a, a close game, to say the least, against Baltimore to kind of get them to the point where they do stand a chance. Again, uh, I look at some of this on this concept that they have a chance to make the playoffs. So right now, the New England Patriots hold the seven seat. The Pittsburgh Steelers can get in with some win and help concepts. And this is this is very tangible. Probably they have one of the best outputs concepts of getting into the playoffs, but that if the Steelers win against the Browns, the Dolphins lose to the Jets, they'll be starting Skylar Thompson and the Patriots lose to the Bills, which yes, could very well happen. Like you said, to put a nail in the coffin on that team, suddenly uh, the Steelers are in the playoffs. So they, they just got to play really tough, really hard against the Cleveland Browns who have nothing to play for other than to knock them out. Now it is an AFC North game. So these are, bloodbaths usually and you know the Steelers 
are, are to me a team that that really wants to wants to prove that they have a shot. You know, they they got beat earlier this year at Cleveland, and, and that was when the team was really kind of falling apart. You had Mitch Trubisky in there, gave up almost thirty points to Jacoby Brissett and that team. And I like the Steelers. I think they're going to find a way to just beat people up. Mike Tomlin knows how to make the playoffs. He knows how to get the most out of his players. He's, he's kind of always been maligned, but I think he's one of the best coaches in football. And I think Pittsburgh is going to be a, a double-digit, hear me out, double-digit defense. Uh, they're going to try to eat Deshaun Watson alive. So uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. As long as they don't try to rub him down, I think we're good. Uh, no, they'll be laying the smack down, but as far as, <laughs> as, far as, uh, as far as rub downs, that's, that's post game. And, and, you know, I'll take the high road on that. I don't joke about, I don't <laughs> yeah, joke about my you QB and the high road. I don't even think you know where the high road is. I don't, I don't joke about my QB one. Thank you. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> A couple other good streaming defenses this week, just before we get into the sits, Indianapolis and Houston, I would take either of those defenses. I think that both of those teams turn the ball over enough and are inept enough on offense to uh, potentially warrant a defensive score from either side. Uh, also, like San Francisco versus Arizona. Arizona's got nothing to play for. San Francisco, like we mentioned in our last episode, could still possibly – they won't know whether or not the one seed is up for grab because they're going to be playing at the same time as Philadelphia. So San Francisco is going to be playing hard. They're going to they're try to win that game, and uh, they're going to they're gonna take Arizona behind the, the old shed there and, and whoop them. And oh, uh, oh I, God, I didn't know where you were going with that one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I like Jacksonville versus Tennessee as well. I, like I said, I, I think Jacksonville has the potential to win a blowout game there. I don't necessarily think that it's it's going to happen, but I think, uh, you know, their defense has been playing really well the last few weeks. And uh, I think they're going to be up for this game. They're, you know, the first time their franchise has won the division in this is like 14 years or 15 years or something like that. So. Uh, I think that that whole team is going to be up for that game. So I like Jacksonville's defense as well. All right, let's jump into our sits at the quarterback position. I'm going to sit Justin Herbert this week versus Denver. Not only is Denver the third toughest matchup versus quarterback in fantasy, but the Chargers are in a spot where they could be resting some of their key players. I think with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams injury history, I can't really see a scenario where they would want to play those guys that much, if even at all, honestly. I think it would be smart for the Chargers to rest Eckler and Herbert as well. I mean, why play a meaningless game against a really tough defense and risk injury, you know, if it doesn't mean anything for your your playoff chances? And Justin Herbert, do you can you guess points per game where you think Justin Herbert is amongst all quarterbacks in the league right now? Give me give me a just give me a guess. Now remember, he was drafted as the what probably the quarterback 2 or 3, maybe 4 in most leagues, where do you think he is points per game amongst quarterbacks? Just a ranking? Yeah. Um, points per game, God, I, I'd probably say like eighth. He is 17th in points per game this year. Okay. 17th. So, I mean, you know, not that that necessarily is the only thing that would lead me to want to sit him this week. Obviously, I laid out some other – reasons there but Herbert just hasn't been as good this year as he was now a lot of that does have to do with the fact that you know Keenan Allen and Mike Williams I was waiting this for you and stuff like that so <laughs> I, I get it but but the whole point is I just don't I, I this doesn't shape up to me as a game where the Chargers need to come out and blow Denver's doors even if they could which I don't think they can because Denver's defense is so good this doesn't seem like the type of game where they're going to want to come out and do that. I think they're just going to try to 
get through this game, narrowly escape. I actually think, you know, this isn't a, a betting podcast, but I actually think you could take Denver in this game with the points. Um, I don't know exactly where they're at in this game. Let me look real quick. They are they three are three-point favorite. Favorites. That's actually kind of small. Um, I, I think you could take Denver in this one. I think Denver may actually win this game. I, I just don't see the Chargers showing up for this one. I don't, I don't see a, a need to. No, but dude, it's here's what I like. I, I know what you're saying. And again, they may decide to only play a half or a quarter. I think Herbert, you know, I, I ended up trading Justin Herbert in my one dynasty league this year. I got a pretty good haul for him, which is why I did it. I, I think I ended up getting Eckler, um, Christian Watson, uh, a first or second round draft pick. Like it, it kind of worked in my favor. But no, I think the injuries to that receiving core really decimated them. I mean, at one point you had the one, the two, I think their top four wide receivers were all out and you had like, you know, Josh Palmer gets hurt and then it's uh, DeAnthony Carter and and some names that you really had never heard of before for the sake of a week or two. Rookies so much trying- so that you don't even know what they are. Uh, dude. I mean, seriously, like when you go and look, okay, okay. Tough guy. Here we go. <laughs> I'm going to pull it out and I'm going to say like, yes, no, you're, you, he was definitely unimpressive this year based off of that, um, you know, points per game stuff. And I know how you're kind of angling that, but you're looking at the team leaders in targets. So you got Austin Eckler. So you're running back at 123 targets, Josh Palmer, 101, Mike Williams, 88. And he had missed some time. Gerald Everett had a very nice first year with them. Uh, Keenan Allen, 78 targets in nine games, which is insane. And then Deandre Carter, Michael Bandy, that's right. Yeah, okay, how could I forget Michael Bandy? We all know him. Uh, Trey McKitty, tight end, tight end, tight end. Jalen Guyton got hurt right off the bat. Um, yeah, they, they really haven't had – Herbert himself has two catches on two targets for minus 10 yards, but we won't go there. No, I do think that the injuries were, were a major factor that kind of took him from being that upper echelon guy where people question, oh, he's not that good. It's it's really – I think Denver's defense is going to say, you know what, we're good for this year. Let's just go home. Uh, I, I I really – I kind of think it. I really hope you're wrong, but we'll see. I just don't th- – I don't even think he's going to play the full game. I just – I, I wouldn't, wouldn't I wouldn't start him. Yeah. All I'm saying is I wouldn't start him. If, I, if I'm in a championship in Week 18, I wouldn't start him just due to the fact that he's playing against a good defense. You don't know what Denver's going to do or not going to do. And there there's no incentive for the Chargers to win this game. So, like, again, why put Keenan Allen out there and risk injury when the guy, you know, he gets injured – Quite often, why put Mike Williams out there and, and risk injury when he also gets injured quite often? Like I just, I can see Josh Palmer being the the team leader in targets in this game, and you know Justin Herbert maybe playing a quarter or a half or something like that. It's just not a, if he even plays at all. It's just not a good situation and not a guy that I want to be relying on if I'm in a championship game in Week 18. So, Jared Stidham, Brock Purdy, Mike White, Andy Dalton, or Justin Herbert. I would probably play any of the first three. I don't think I'd play. No, I probably would play Andy Dalton. I would play all of them over Justin Herbert this week, honestly. Right. I would. I appreciate your determination, sir. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, a quarterback that I think could be in the same boat, which is kind of why I went there. I'm looking at Danny Dimes. I think uh, – you got to yeah. start calling him Danny Nichols, man. You, you're no, he's hey, listen, that's yeah, true. 
I would have. He has been kind of killing it this year. I would have said you were correct. And yes, you know, he does tend to to make it hail uh, one way or the other when it comes to change. But like, yeah, for for a quarterback and a team to make the playoffs and and again, I know we rip him. We look back to years of just poor play and people thought he wasn't even NFL caliber. He's the 10th quarterback going into our Monday night matchup. Now, when it comes to passing yards, he's like so far down there. Like Russell Wilson has more passing yards than he does. Like it's scary. Jalen Hurts has missed two games and and has less. Aaron Rodgers has more Derek Carr. Uh, He does it with his legs. But I feel like if the Giants decide to play him against the Philadelphia Eagles, who are the fifth best against the quarterback, yes, they do give up points, but – you know, uh, stats don't lie, at least on that level, that Jones is going to be a guy that they're going to look to kind of, you know, bubble wrap, so to speak, for the playoffs. I mean, the Eagles, they had a hell of a game against them the first time around, you know, and obviously things are different now. Maybe Jalen Hurts plays. The Eagles are definitely playing for something. But, you know, you put up 48 points on that team. The Giants only scored 22 points. Jones was 18 to 27, 169, a touchdown. He got sacked four times. It was it was good. I, I don't think he's going to be playing for again really anything. Like you're just kind of almost had your Herbert point. I feel like Daniel Jones, if he's gotten you to this point, you probably were already kind of fishing around to see if there was anybody else out there. And again, a Stidham, a Purdy. Uh, on Andy Dalton, uh, there probably are going to be some better options because the chances of him playing 60 minutes of football and putting up crazy stats that are going to carry you to a fantasy football championship this week are kind of slim. I mean, if he got you this far, that's great. But yeah, this is one of those games where I think you kind of have to look to unfortunately say, hey, look, yeah, you're my guy, but I got to go get so-and-so off the waiver wire. I'm going to, you know, do you, and then you got slim pickings as of what it is now, you know, at the same time, do you, do you pick up somebody as bad as like a Davis Mills to, to fill in or something? No, no, you have to go with what got you there. But again, somebody could be out there. Aaron Rodgers could be out there playing for that title. I know you had him as your start. And, and to me, that's the place So Daniel Jones, unfortunately uh, will not be bringing home any bacon uh, this week. All right, let's go to the running back position. My sit at the running back position this week is going to be Brian Robinson of the Washington Commanders versus the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Again, we talked about the schedule makers in our last episode doing a a fairly decent job. So Dallas is going to be playing their game with the NFC East title still on the line. They're not going to know Philly's going to be playing at the same time. So they technically could still be playing for the number one overall seed, depending on, you know, how all everything shakes out and, you know, the other teams playing in that late window. So uh, I think Dallas is going to come out super motivated to win this game. They're the fourth toughest matchup versus the running back position in fantasy football. And the commanders have honestly looked pretty terrible with Carson Wentz back at quarterback for second straight year. He's given away his team's chance to, you know, get in the playoffs with a multiple interception game you know, I see the Cowboys just coming out of this game with a, a another big win. They've blown a, a few teams out this year, and I think this is another one of those potential blowout games for Dallas. And I think you know, if, if Washington gets too far behind, it's going to limit the number of touches that Robinson gets, and it's just not really enough touchdown opportunity in this game 
for him, for me to want to play him. So I do have him in uh, our league of record in the toilet bowl. I am going to be looking for another option at running back instead of Brian Robinson this week. I just think the Cowboys are going to be too motivated to come out and, you know, put the clamps down on the Washington commanders this week. Uh, Maybe, maybe, maybe. My guy that I'm sitting is, again, more of a gut feeling, probably wrong. Um, Josh Jacobs of the Las Vegas Raiders uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. Las Vegas with nothing to play for and looking to, uh, as they said, which they showed with Jared Stidham, to see what else they have on the roster. Um, I feel like there's nothing, unless Jacobs is playing for some contract incentives, albeit uh, I think he's a free agent, so, you know, mm-hmm. obviously. But he has put up a, a, a solid season, uh, enough that's going to get him a job possibly, again, with with Las Vegas or with with another team, definitely, because he's still young enough to to be effective for another good three, four years. But you have a couple young players, uh, Zamir White, a rookie out of Georgia, who's got a bit of an ankle injury, but I, I think they're going to want to see maybe what they have from him if he's healthy enough to play, which – it looks like he was able to go, probably didn't get any any real love, uh, you know, based off of just the concept, again, of being injured and, and Jacobs being as strong as as he has been all season. Uh, you know, had a very good game just recently, uh, you know, against the 49ers, um, you know, where they even said it was Nick Bosa said he's the best running back he's ever played against. Now, I mean, I don't know that saying a lot. I mean, you know, that he's played against some good good running backs to say the least. So, you know, how, how true that is, is, is interesting. He didn't get into the game, obviously. So Zamir White and Britton Brown is another rookie who's hanging on that team. They might look to give these guys a shot and just say, you know what, here, let's see what you have. Let's put you in the offense and, and kind of go through the motions against the Kansas city team. Uh, Maybe not, but I I feel like Jacobs is not going to get even if he does play, he might just play a half. I, these are some of those shutdowns where you you have to kind of take that into consideration. So I feel like for this week, unfortunately, uh, Josh Jacobs will not be the best running back in the history of football. <laughs> I hope you're right. I don't think you are in this in this spot, um, but I hope he doesn't play very much because I have uh, I have money on Derrick Henry to win the rushing title this year, and he's about 110 <laughs> yards behind Jacobs uh, coming into Week 18. So. Uh, I, I do hope that they they shut Jacobs down, but I I think that as bad of a season as the Raiders have had, I, I would hope anyway for for Josh Jacobs' sake that they would want to give him enough carries to allow him to win the rushing title this year. I think they're going to feed him. I think he's going to get plenty of touches, and uh, I think I'm going to win this one. Unfortunately, but that's all right. You got a couple other spots you can you can take some points, like maybe this one. Uh, my sit of this of the week at wide receiver is going to be Michael Pittman versus Houston Texans. The Colts have progressively gotten worse under interim head coach Jeff Saturday since their big win over the Raiders in week 10. They've gone away from Matt Ryan again, and this time turned to our hero Nick Foles. Uh, unfortunately, the 2017 Foles magic that helped our Eagles win their first Super Bowl wasn't present in his first game and a half with the Colts. And since Saturday's taken over, the Colts have kind of turned more into like a run first team, which is exactly what tends to work against the Texans. Houston's been the easiest running back matchup in fantasy all season. And the Colts offensive line, even though it has struggled in pass protection, they're the 26th rated offensive line per pro football focus. 
They're actually much better at run blocking, uh, where they rank as the 14th best line in run blocking. I think you're going to see a lot of Zach Moss and possibly some Deion Jackson in this game, where both teams are most likely going to struggle to score points. And on top of that, we still don't even know who the quarterback is going to be. I mean, as of right now, it looks like it's going to be Sam Ellinger. And if that's the case, I mean, do you really want to start a wide receiver that's getting passes from Sam Ellinger? I mean, I, I really don't want to do that. So uh, I think if you, again, if you're doing a fantasy championship here in week 18, uh, I think Michael Pittman scares me a little bit too much to, to want to have him in my lineup as, as inconsistent as, he, as he's been, even with good quarterback play. Yeah, I agree. Very smart play. Uh, guy that I am going to sit, and it's not based on him personally. I actually think he's still a pretty good wide receiver. But Juju Smith-Schuster of the Kansas City Chiefs uh, versus the Las Vegas Raiders, who uh, you know just touched base on uh, the running back there, so kind of going a little back and forth with the two matchups. Has had some, some breakout performances. Uh, last couple of weeks, not so much. Uh, in our league of record, just under six points and just over four points. Uh, you're starting to see Jarek McKinnon become a touchdown machine for that team. Obviously, Travis Kelsey is having, uh, is it a career year for Travis Kelsey? At, at, you know, like <laughs> in his 30s, uh, I would kind of think so. Andy Reid's been known to kind of sit guys when when the games are, are a little bit maybe out of play. Now, again, we don't know yet where that's going to be. Uh, the Chiefs could be, you know, fighting for the one seed or, you know, just worrying about keeping guys healthy. And again, Andy Reid has always been known to be a guy that, that will take the the cautious route, so to speak. Uh, uh, he's not going to overdo it. You know, he definitely doesn't want to see Pat Mahomes take a bad hit late in the game for no reason going into the playoffs. And again, I think a guy like Juju would also be a guy that kind of gets, you know, maybe not so much put on the sideline, but again, looking at his usage the last couple of weeks and things like that, I think they're maybe do a half. You know, if there's something serious for them to play for, they may look to kind of push the issue. I'll be interested to see if this game is for anything. But at the end of the day, I, I think that Juju is not going to be fantasy relevant for this week. Come the playoffs, different story. All right, at the tight end position, I'm going to sit Pat Fryermuth versus the Cleveland Browns this week. I, I very much expect this game to sort of be a mirror image of the Pittsburgh-Baltimore game that we saw in Week 17. Both of these teams have struggled moving the ball through the air and scoring points. And both defenses have been sort of the better side of the ball for these teams. The Browns are the sixth best team versus the tight end position, but ranked 26 versus running backs. So I think the Steelers are going to want to keep the ball on the ground in this one and run it with their two effective running backs, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. And when Kenny Pickett does throw the ball, he tends to look at his wide receivers, uh, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens first. And Friar Moose is sort of a uh, – a lot of his passes end up being – he's not the primary target. It's it's when the pocket breaks down, Pickett's got to move. That's when he tends to look for Friar Moose a little bit more. Now, I know he's six in receptions and yards at the tight end position this year, but this game script calls for another low-scoring game for Pittsburgh where just like last week where Friar Moose only scored 6.6 PPR points. So um, not really – thrilled to play for Ryermuth. I know they're, you know, when it comes to tight ends, there's not a ton of great options out there on the waiver wire, but uh, if you have the ability and the luxury to be able to sit for Ryermuth this week, uh, I, I think you should do that. Cause I, I don't see him having a very big game versus Cleveland. Yeah. Sounds about right. Not a stretch here, but for some people that might be looking for 
fool's gold. Um, Hunter Henry <laughs> uh, last year was was a guy that kind of helped a lot of people out at a tight end position when when most of the big dogs were out. We know that Mac Jones likes to uh, look for that safety valve because they don't really have a strong passing game, receiving core. You know, there's questions of him as a quarterback. Johnny Smith got knocked out with a concussion, and right off the bat, you saw that. Um, you know, Hunter Henry was a little bit more involved against a, a Miami defense that that doesn't do too well against that position. Hunter Henry had five catches, six targets, 52 yards. So some folks might think, oh, oh here we go. Uh, they go against the Buffalo Bills this week, who are a top three defense against the tight end position. Look, it, it's just not going to work. I mean, they know to take him away, take that middle of the field away, that, that Jones is really the only way he feels comfortable is underneath the middle of the field. He doesn't go downfield. They don't play him to go downfield. So, you know, there's that question, too, on, on how that works. Hunter Henry, definite sit this week. Don't try to get fancy. You can definitely find way, way, way better options uh, out there. You should not be relying on this guy to get you a fantasy football title. My defensive sit of the week is going to be the Tennessee Titans versus Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I am old enough to remember when you actually wanted to target Jacksonville's offense with your fantasy defense, but that's not the case this year. Under Doug Peterson, Jacksonville's become the fifth toughest matchup for fantasy defenses, giving up an average of just four and a half fantasy points per game. Uh, I expect Tennessee to be prepared for this game. But against a Jacksonville offense that's a top 12 scoring team this season, I think that's going to be a tough matchup for them. Tennessee is also likely to be starting Joshua Dobbs at quarterback again, which didn't go so well last week versus Dallas. And I know the Jags defense isn't the Cowboys defense, obviously. But if the Titans struggle to move the ball again this week, the time of possession could fall heavily on the Jaguars' side and allow them to sort of you know run the ball a little bit more, run the clock out, and shorten this game to the point where you don't really have a lot of opportunities for your fantasy defense. So Trevor Lawrence has looked really good. I'm just – I don't want to have to play my defense against him, especially in a game that means this much. So uh, the, as well as the Titans have been this year fantasy-wise, uh, I think you definitely want to stay away from them in this game against the Jags. I will finish out our start sits with my defensive sit of the week. Baltimore Ravens, they're going up against the Cincinnati Bengals. It's always tricky. It's AFC North, so I think there's a lot of physicality. I, I kind of have both of these teams. I have all four teams involved in my start sits. Um, I have Pittsburgh over Cleveland as my start. I have the Ravens as my sit against Cincinnati. Earlier this year, they did win 19-17 to against Cincinnati. Baltimore was at home. They scored a modest six points. You're going to be in Cincinnati, and the Bengals are going to have some stuff to play for. There is a sliver of hope that Baltimore can win their division, and I, I don't think that defense is going to be able to hold back this offense that looks like they're starting to click a little bit. I mean, they've had some injuries and, and things like that, but you know the Cincinnati Bengals could end up being that team to beat, and they still have a shot at the one seed if they win back-to-back -back games and the Chiefs lose. So you do have a lot to play for here. Those scenarios do factor in. I don't like the Ravens defense this week to get you uh, double-digit points or anything like that. I think they're going to be outside the top 10 easily against the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, I think if Cincinnati plays their starters, the Ravens are probably going to be in trouble there. I agree. There is a, there is a scenario where Cincinnati doesn't have anything to play for. and may. All right, folks, that is it for our start sits for this week.
Please remember to follow us on social media. We are at the nine route one and at Scott from Delco. Also make sure that you follow us wherever you're listening to the show. Click that little plus in the upper right hand corner or the little arrow that downloads uh, automatically downloads the podcast. That would mean a great deal to us here uh, to help us kind of keep doing what we're doing. Also feel free to check out our website, which is www.the9routeffb.com. You can also email the show if you have any questions. We are at the 9routeffb at gmail.com. Before we head out, we want to say thank you to Mickey's Pub in Tuckerton, New Jersey for partnering with the show. If you're looking for a great place to watch the NFL on Sunday, Mickey's is it. Great food, drink specials, and all the football you can handle. Mickey's Pub, 327 East Main Street in Tuckerton, New Jersey, where friends and family meet. And uh, if you're looking for a good place to watch those Week 18 games, man, check out Mickey's because uh, it's going to be jumping over there this Sunday. I'm sure of it. Uh, I happened to stop in there last, not this past week, but the week before. And uh, it was the week before. No, it was two weeks. It was the week before Christmas, and uh, there was a, a good crowd of people in there getting rowdy for some football. So uh, definitely check Mickey's out if you are in the area. Scott, do you have any? Last minute uh, tidbits you'd like to throw out there before we we head out for the night. Again, we we appreciate everybody for listening throughout the season. Uh, we're going to continue on with some playoff concepts. Uh, you know, maybe talk about our choices for the games. You know, in a friendly concept, just like we do with the starts and sits. Talk about breakdown matchups. Talk about who we like, who we don't like. Not so much on the player level, but you know, on a on a team level you know we'll talk about the point spreads and the over-unders and the weather conditions and uh you know things like that just to kind of keep things relevant maybe splash a little uh fantasy nudes in there for those that are year-round peeps we love everybody out there that listens and everybody that doesn't because you're always uh you know just a click away to take a part of our show with you you could download us on podbean you can uh, watch us on YouTube and listen, you know, you, uh, Apple Podcasts, you have all these options. Just put us on, give us a try. We we definitely want to be a part of your fantasy football regimen, so to speak. Uh, and hopefully the nine route can take you deep into your fantasy football playoffs to a title. Good luck to everybody out there going into that final week of weeks, game of games, all the way up to Green Bay, Detroit, Sunday night. For Pat, I am Scott. We will talk to you soon. And good luck. Peace.